Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself. And for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. But we will now move on, gents, to the second song we're going to discuss, which is All Time High. Of course, the song for the 13th Bond film, Octopussy. And again, Mark, the return of John Barry. And I think we mentioned it in the review we did. Because they were going up against Never Say Never Again, and they had Sean Connery, they had to make sure they had every possible Bond, big Bond element in it. So they they had to get John Barry back. And (laughs) Chris was saying, you know... John Barry himself, you've got to start with that big note. <laughs> and here we get. <laughs> I mean, it's so sexy, 80s. Oh, right, okay. <laughs> Is it more like dad sexy, though? I'm not sure it's sort of... Uh, uh, <laughs> I, I love it, don't worry. I'm, I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to defend it now. But, yeah, he he wasn't on Fury Eyes Only because of, again, tax, tax reasons. I'll just say that this time. He wanted to work with Don Black, apparently. But he was he was committed to to his musical Merlin. <laughs> I, can't, mm. I, I just can't like I don't have I don't have time to write one Bond song. Like how how long do you need to write the lyric <laughs> anyway? But he had to, he had to seek another lyricist, and he of course found Tim Rice. I don't think he's worked with him before, and of course he was doing a lot of musicals with Andrew Lloyd Webber amongst other things, and would go on of course to do the amazing lyrics for The Lion King as well which you'd get an Oscar for. And, yeah, Tim Rice was like, yeah, of course I'll do that. Phil Ramone was the producer of the song. So you've got some pretty cool, in inverted commas, names, big names on here for this song, but it's probably the least cool Bond song, isn't hmm. it? If, if, we're, if we're being honest. It's not one that is down with the kids. It's but an adult am, contemporary. Am I right in saying that, that either Chris or David have chosen this song? Yeah, Dave, Dave chose this song, yeah. From, well, from the yeah, limited yeah. selection <laughs> left, I, I must... There's nothing really left in the box. He did it. It's you. I feel like I should explain myself here. I believe no, the modern no, term for this gentleman... We're all, we're all friends. No, um, it's great. 
the, the modern term for this is subverting expectations, isn't it? That's that's what I'm doing here. I'm subverting expectations, <laughs> which is what every good movie producer does yeah. know when they release something that people don't like. Okay, they're clearly subverting expectations. Um, <laughs> yeah. but, uh, <laughs> hold on tight. Let the fight begin because we're doing Octopussy, okay? Because I think Octopussy as a film <laughs> is enjoying a renaissance, is it not? I mean, I, I just, I feel like it's really it coming up on people's uh, yeah, top tens and, and, you know, top Bond films. And I remember when I was a younger younger man, Bond, you know, reading my uh, Bond fan club magazines and fanzines and so on, you know, for our younger listeners, that's like Reddit that gets delivered through your door, okay? But I remember everyone just loved... <laughs> The Spy You Love Me, you know, everyone loved For Your Eyes Only and Live and Let Die. And Octopussy didn't really get any love from from anyone. So I thought, well, as the movie's getting so much love, let's let's try and give all time high. Let's try and give Rita Coolidge a little bit of love as well. Mm. Right. So that's why I've chosen all time high. And mm. uh, you mentioned Tim Rice, actually. Tim yeah. Rice wrote six different song titles for John Barry and they chose all time high. And oh, right, okay. unfortunately, you can't find the bit of paper that he wrote them on. So we don't know what the other five titles were called because I want to know what they were. <laughs> all, if, if all time high, yeah, yeah. That, yeah. that does make <laughs> you think. <laughs> it does fit in with, because uh, I know he'd seen a bit of the script, hadn't he, yeah. Tim Rice? And of course, and no one seems to remember it. It is, you know, we're, yeah. we're two mm-hmm. of a kind is is a, cr- a key yeah. line. They're used in the advertising. So I, I love that, that linking the, the lyrics. They're using the advertising as well. Yeah, as well, yeah, yeah. yeah. And Bond is on an mm. all-time high. Yeah. But still odd that they chose this this sort of genre of <laughs> easy listening well, adult concept. Gentlemen, we're all getting to a certain age now where we want a bit of easy listening. Okay, and uh, again, let's give let's give Rita <laughs> a prop. Okay. <laughs> this was the first Bond music video for the MTV generation. Okay, you know, no expense spared. Huh? They got yeah, well, Rita yeah. in Brian Pavilion, didn't they? With a with a wind machine, stood there, their hands in their pockets for a few hours, and that's basically the video, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's not India. But... Growing up, what as kids did you like the song? Did you like it, Chris? I, when you were watching the film, I never. When I, as a kid watching the films, I never really paid them that much attention, if I'm honest. Yeah. It was the, or the opportunity to see a scantily clad female form. It was a bit racy. Certainly, as I said earlier, like I remember having Moonraker on VHS and kind of thinking, ah, this song's a bit dull. Fast forwarding it to get to the action. In my youth, youth, I'm older (laughs) now. And I think it was kind of the same with this song, that it was just one of those... Mm, let's let's wind it up let's get to the action but thinking about it now it, yeah it is it's a it's a good solid effort i certainly wouldn't say that it's like massively up there but if you start thinking about the lines of it it works both as a love song for bond and magda yeah. bond and octopus so when they say sweet distraction for an hour or two yes that's bond and magda in the hotel room she's going to steal the egg but then we're two of a kind is Bond and Octopus. Yeah, that's brilliant. So there's there is a duality there for the song. For yeah, his and I think I think something mothers. we've said as well, and I'm sure people, some people would agree, and I'd be interested to get your guys' thoughts. You know, each each of the Bond actors possibly has well at least one Bond girl who you think that was their Bond girl, and I, I really, you know, Octopussy is Rogers Bond's 
Bond Bond girl. Like they 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 yeah, had great yeah. chemistry, and I don't know. It was quite a nice a nice story. Their story. I, it, they just went you know really well together. Well, certainly from the anniversary mm. show that you did, Rob Parker's imagined Bond yeah. and Ham sailing off into the sea yeah, yeah. together, and that that works for Dalton's Bond. You know, they are they are together, and of all of Rogers, <laughs> many, 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 ladies, with this one, yeah. many ladies. It's you know, Octopussy is she is his equal in both you know ability intelligence action age mm. it's you know they it, and you can see them sailing off into the sunset together which they yeah. kind of do on that boat yeah. with all the women yeah. rowers you know. Jane. <laughs> it, yeah it's great they they are they are two of a kind oh it's lovely isn't it yeah so it does suit them doesn't it yeah. is it but how how much of the song itself because obviously the other songs in the franchise they repeat within the film score this, how much of yeah this this does is- i think in fact it works better as um it works better within yeah, as agree, a love yeah. theme within the score so for the scenes with the two of them i think maybe and also with magda as well you might be right yeah yeah for it, the, that's my little octopus yeah right, brilliant yeah. david yeah i hate to if we're going to do that, I hate to oh, my vinyl. Beautiful. Uh, oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it my works really well as a love theme, not quite as... It's that, but it's that thing. It works as a love theme. Does it work in the action it's a fair. moments? Yeah, it's, it doesn't... It's only used as a love theme, isn't it? It's not like Living Daylights yeah. can be used as both, can't it? It's yeah. got the... But that, to be fair, he's got three well, different songs within the same. And also, so A Beautiful Kill just do one film on from this. That... That's that can be used as a yeah that, an action as well. But yeah. th- there was clearly you know a lot. I like us celebrating this song and everything. But there was clear it was clearly a bit of a after this. You know that's uh, one of Duran Duran went up to uh, yeah. Broccoli and said, "When are you going to get someone decent to do your your bomb theme?" Or <laughs> but I don't I don't know anything about Rita Coolidge other than she's a distant. Relate, you know, ancestor of not ancestor relation. Is it not? I'm not even sure that's true, Matt. Well, that's you, what you know Mr. what? Richard's Richard's I'm not sure. You tell us. Yes, you know this story. Gone. Tell us, David. Yeah. Well, it, it was because a certain young Barbara Broccoli uh, again, please, please was listening to Rita Coolidge <laughs> oh. in the Broccoli household. <laughs> yeah, and Cubby walked by. That's even and said, I can't really do a Cubby accent, but uh, who's that voice? You know, that, that, that's the voice we need for the for the next Bond movie, and. um because they were talking to, um, <laughs> yeah, very good. Oh, I can't remember the name before they were talking to at the time. There was a there was a front runner um, for all time high. I don't know if you've done it in in, in your notes and looked at it in your notes, but but uh, oh, Laura Branigan was was the front runner, and then she she dropped out, and yeah. and they went with 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 Rita, yeah. But I, I have to say, gents, okay, while while I have the mic, all time high was number one, okay, in the U.S. Billboard adult contemporary chart for four weeks okay so you know well <laughs> yes exactly yeah Ooh, that you know, that might have been an all-time high uh that well yeah for its superior no uh, no record. so can you <laughs> who, who is this other girl who was going to be singing it i don't don't think laura brannion she she's done a lot if you look at the back catalogue you'll know some of the songs like um Self-control, you probably know. Gloria, 
Bath Gloria was used on the uh, Gianni Versace heavily in that, you know, the oh, right. American okay. crime story. Oh. She's done some cracking songs, yeah. A lot of Diane Warren involvement. But she died quite young. Oh. I think she died in the late 30s or something. So, yeah, she she was pretty big in America especially. But this, this song was much bigger in America, clearly. it was Apparently it was the only one. So it's the lowest charting song ever <gasps> as a Bond song. Because it, it, it was number 75. Outrageous. But that's Man with the Golden Gun and Moonraker didn't even chart. So <laughs> that's why it's the lowest. It's still not the worst. Because <laughs> those two didn't even get into the charts. But what? <laughs> I, don't, I don't know what sort of people are really doing. We've defended those songs already. Mm-hmm. So we'll damn well defend this one. Like you say, Dave, as well, it was, it was pretty popular in other countries. It was in top 20 in South Africa. Austria, Finland, and Germany, and then it was top ten in Netherlands, Sweden, and Switzerland. So not yep. bad, you know, but just not very well known here, really. We've we've got to talk about this, yeah. haven't we? I think we need to talk about shaken and stirred. Well, yeah, we, yeah, the breathy, the version. Hi, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it reminds me. What of, do you think, Dave? Of William Shatner version. Approach to singing from the 1960s. <laughs> you, you just sit on yes, a chair yeah, and yeah, 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 three minutes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Where it's not really singing. On a all Hi. The thing with the shaken and stirred version is that the it's Jarvis Cocker, isn't it? Yeah. The, sorry. Yeah. A pulp. Pulp. Jarvis Cocker singing the uh, the the song. And you get the lyrics, and then it goes into this magnificent end instrumental. And it's like the second half of the song where there's no singing is better than <laughs> yeah. the first half. And you just go on this you know, roller coaster of music and oh, damn, yeah. hi, again, again. And it just it it hides behind the orchestra, it? And then suddenly you get a baby crying at the end of it as well. And it's, <laughs> it's terrific. <laughs> It's an acquired taste. It feels like... What was the phrase you were saying, David? Uh, it feels like something she <laughs> won the Val Dunican show in, <laughs> in the, like, the, the early 1980s or whatever, you know? just where Someone just comes on and does an yeah, yeah. <laughs> unplugged version of something. And it's normally terrible. Yeah. But it's okay. I don't I don't mind it. I, I love the uh, Shaken Stirred album. So it's a bit... What do you reckon John Barry's face was? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, it, this showcases obviously David Arnold probably more than Jarvis Cocker, doesn't it? Uh, <laughs> I don't know. Very I don't know. It's, he, I suppose, he makes it more of his own than so weird. I, 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 when we did the review, certainly Chris is a big fan of it, but Rob was, "What is this? <laughs> this is awful." <laughs> he can't stand it. <laughs> yeah, I've been now on um, on kind of better sound systems. I can appreciate the the composition, the arrangement. Actually, it's um, as uh, Chris was saying. You know, the 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 musical arrangement and the, the the power of what David Arnold's brought to the track, I think, is is brilliant. I'm not so sure about Dero Jarvis, but it's it's different. Yeah. But uh, but I think the music's what makes that track. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> Did you know that it was put forward for for your consideration at uh, the original Academy award? Yeah, the original. Yeah, I don't know whether you've heard about that when you know Bond producers put forward various things for consideration and then don't don't get the nominations to the one. There you go. There's, there's the joke. Well, I guess um, they, are they coming off of the back of Nobody Does It Better? 
No, well, Fury's only got yeah, an Oscar. It's just Barry who gets so. snubbed as Bond. Yeah, he did. Yeah, that's for his a, Bond work. Yeah, yeah. Here's a proper composer. Here's Bill. Um, <laughs> this is a funny, a funny cover, and I, again, can't believe she did a version. That you wouldn't think this is the same song to start with. Sounds so 80s and. But this was done in 92. <laughs> All I wanted was a sweet distraction oh. Yeah? Yeah. Had no intention. Is that Lucas? So oh, nice. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it is. <laughs> Isn't it arranged, darling? Funny how it always goes. When you don't look, you find. How good yeah. that you get another Shirley Bassey, John Barry. I don't think he produced this. Singing, isn't it? It's... Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Not sure of the arrangement, but uh, no. Always nice to hear. Lovely sort of cast, uh, you know, <laughs> yeah. Yamaha keyboard, you know, Shirley. It's like James, our brother, obviously. <laughs> no. I can't mention this in a film, though, I don't think. She's <laughs> enunciating very well, though. She's hitting her T's very. You're just proving how good DJ oh, yeah. is now, Tom. That's it's, what you're doing. It's a crowd pleaser again. Well, yeah. Well, yeah, <laughs> maybe, maybe. I, I wouldn't disagree with you, Dave. What, what do you think of that version? It was okay. <laughs> I think I'd rather listen to Pulp actually. At least it's something different. <laughs> would you, yeah, would you? Okay, fair enough. <laughs> right, Math. This one, this one's for you now. We've never done a version like this on our Ooh. on our podcast before. It's, it's it's not a metal version. It's not a sort of sixties beatbox version. Is that a dance version? Oh, this is K- Kelly Lorena. Who's the from lead singer of Entrance. Berry or that? Yeah. She's from Berry. Oh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It should kick in fairly soon. It does get to the verse. So. <laughs> right. It's very that era. I think it must be like mid 2000s or something. Baffling. See? Ah, yeah. I'm a fan. That's okay. <laughs> it's not quite an Ibiza no, but it's club for no, no, no. It's Sol Viva. Our old nightclub. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, been demolished, suddenly. It is. It is. Hands in the air. Anthem. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, the cheesy pop run that no the Blue Orchid nightclub who played it first. Yeah, throw some shapes. Yeah. <laughs> That's great, Dave, yeah. Slightly different. Some slightly different. 
Brilliant. There you awesome. go, Chuck. Yeah. Right. This is the main draw. I'm sure all the listeners have been looking forward to this. They've been saying, <laughs> look, you've done eight episodes now on the songs. When are you going to do When Nobody Loves You? <laughs> from Obviously, from the Quantum of Solace video game. Now, it's not one of the most popular Bond films. I don't know whether the video game is even more of an enigma. I don't know much about it, and I have no idea why we didn't have it, because it, just looking back at some of the footage, it looks incredible. It looks quite faithful to the film, and I, I don't know. I mean, the, the, as far as the actual film, they basically based it on not just Quantum, but Casino Royale. I think it's the one game. of where, Yeah, the game, yeah. So a bit like Chris was saying before with some of the Fleming novels, it goes back to the Fleming. <laughs> he has a flashback of the events of Casino Royale within you know, fairly close to the start of the game. Was there a Casino Royale game? I don't no, think... no. That, and I think that's why. I think that's yeah. why they did So they're, they're drawing on... Yeah, because I suppose when, for some reason, they they went away, didn't they? So Dying of the Day, there wasn't a game, but they had these incredible... They had Nightfire, and of course they had Everything or Nothing, which were massive mm. games at the time, almost in, like, secondary films, yeah. which Quantum is. Everyone keeps saying, oh, Brosnan should have had his fifth film. He kind of did with, yeah, did. <laughs> with the games because he was he was in them completely. In mm. them. Yes, he was, yes. So, uh, <laughs> What's interesting... And they, and they keep saying... It's interesting you just you say know, that. If you look at some of the uh, profits from games releases... Yeah, yeah they're massive. You know, they make more money than the movies, some of them. So you know, Yeah, yeah, they do, yeah. The, that, or Goldeneye, yeah. Yeah. That was his fifth, his fifth film. Yeah, I think I think you gents were talking about Bloodstone, weren't you, on a previous podcast? Is that right? Yeah, we did. Yeah, yeah, we were. Because yeah. um, yeah. mm. I was thinking, yeah. you know, if you look at Casino Royale as Craig's first film, and then Quantum as his second, I'm I'm not a big fan of Skyfall. Never have been. And then obviously we got Spectre and No Time to Die, but you could almost see Bloodstone as Craig's third film, and actually him having yeah. a proper mm. mission. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> not not a personal. Well, slightly personal. Which one? Is that it? Never let it be said. Which game is that? That I don't do my research. Double Seven Legends, or ah, oh. this was quite oh, solid. Oh my word! So, dear me, tell us what's it, what is it like? So then, this David? is this is the collector's edition of the Quantum of Solace video game on Xbox 360. Sorry oh. for those of you listening around the world, but That's a gorgeous box. This is the Steelbook, oh. and it comes unboxing with uh, an additional bonus oh, yeah. bit, which. I was watching yesterday evening as a part of my research, hoping that there was going to be some breadcrumbs in there about this yeah. song, When Nobody Loves You, but there is absolutely nothing on the bonus disc <laughs> whatsoever, so I was bitterly disappointed. <laughs> um, but, I, but I was able to watch the, the credits where the song plays. And the problem with kind of listening yeah. to it within the game is that it's it's got kind of audio played over it of the the car chase sequence or or their interpretation of the car chase sequence from Quantum of Solace. So you can't yeah. really hear the song very well. So didn't really help my research very much, if I'm honest. There is a version without it. Mm. There's a version without it which I can start to play here. It's like the bomb starts with the bomb thing, lovely, yeah. with a slight trip hop beat in the background. I, 
I'll be honest, I really like it. It sounds like uh, the Bjork song that yeah, they yeah. did. It's got that song. Yeah. yeah. With David Arnold. Yeah. That's exactly what I wrote, Chris, in my notes. That it sounds like. Oh, that's much much vibe. Yeah, or some yeah. of the 90s yeah. breathless people artists. Bond <laughs> yeah. Well, I think it it owes it it leans a lot on the Bond theme, which you know I like. But the stuff that isn't the Bond theme is a little less memorable. But yeah, I, there's not many better ones since. I'm not sure. <laughs> it certainly feels like a Euro poppy version. Yeah, of the Bond theme or eight. It's by somebody called Curly, K E R L I, and she's a yeah, a Finnish pop star, I think. No, Estonian, Estonian. Yeah, we had the Finns before with the. Yeah, we've had the Finns. We've done that, yeah. Now, amazing facts about her: she co-wrote the song Skyscraper, the one that was Demi Lovato, and then. Made famous by Sam Bailey from the X Factor. Yeah. This is my. I quite like this style of music. It's very that mid '90s massive attack mixed with a bit. Of... Yeah. With that electro, you say the mid '90s, and with that sort of electro feel. I was yeah. thinking, is this the Bond theme that Eric Ferrer would have given us? Oh, oh. You know, because he didn't do GoldenEye, did he? No. Bono and the We end. got the GoldenEye song was one of the yeah. best. Mm. Oh, it's... But if Eric Ferrer would have done a, a Bond yeah. theme song, would it have been... Not something? the experience of love. <laughs> <laughs> Push too hard. <laughs> I think it is the Bond theme element, though, that I enjoy the most in this track. I think that's the, the bit that really captures my attention. Yeah. yeah. And sure, um, course, yeah. it's like almost like a dance version. You know, it's like, uh, it's almost like we're back to Moby again, aren't we? I think yeah. it, it shows how versatile the James Bond theme is. Yeah. You, you can put it in a dance version. Yeah. It's still brilliant. Yeah. So, Tom, do we know why the game didn't use another way to it's rubbish? Well, right. Let's... Let's talk about the the other quantum song, and we've done it before. With I think Steve Clamp was trying to defend it actually to an extent, and I think he almost he won a few people around with it. It's the the production that people have more of an issue with, I think, and the the wailing at the end. But mm. I think the opening riff and there's a really good Bond song in there. Some surely mm. it's, and I think maybe it just needed one of them on their own, or maybe just Alicia Keys. Maybe I don't know. And maybe with the compose, you know, with David Arnold involved as well, might have yes, been, yeah. with the orchestration. Right <laughs> yeah. I agree. I, I think <laughs> but the riff. Of I'll let Dave, is good. David's not. A, David's not a fan, so I'll let you. I mean, I agree that the the kind of music is good, especially at the beginning yeah. in um, "The Way to Die." But mm. I think I, the only way I can describe it, how I feel about it, is it's almost like two people doing karaoke and shouting at each other. That's kind of how the track comes across to me. And I can't, it's actually yeah. one of the few Bond tracks that I cannot stand. Like, literally, I will 
skip it if I have half a chance. Sorry, if there's any fans out there. I, so if I, and when you watch the film, David, do, do you probably go off and get do you fast forward or have to be honest and then come back and put it on mute and the rest? Yeah, I, I, I like Quantum. Yeah. I like Quantum. It's it's it skirts around my top ten. I, yes. I, oh. Yeah, I like it as a movie. Um, I just hate. That's oh, wow. probably oh. my bottom Bond theme. <laughs> oh, with Madonna, of course. Could have, could have match. Mm. Hate's a very strong word, David. Well, if you want opinion... May I present an opposing opinion? Or? Yeah, please. Oh. Please, Chris. Chris will have the opposite view that he'll hate the film but love the song. Yeah. <laughs> well, you're not far off. <laughs> the song is so... Good. It is such. Oh, whoa, whoa, whoa! She's great. Go for it, Chris. Brilliant. I mean that dirt. So we were saying earlier with yeah. Goldfinger. So it's bam, bam, and with another way to die, it's that. Yeah. And it just if someone else was singing the song itself, lyrically, yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna defend vocals <laughs> or at least the singer. That's that's personal. That's personal taste. That's fine. But even the even the lyrics, another killer with a slip trigger finger for her Majesty. Yeah, is, that is such a yeah tantalizing lyric. Yeah, another cool. golden gun poisoning your fantasy. It just it's setting up all of the Bond tropes, and then just and it just builds even more. And it as as John Barry said, you know, it sets its stall out. This is going to be a fast banging film. And I watched Quantum again recently because there was a lot of love floating around for it on Twitter. <laughs> Give it a go. And it plays a lot better than I remember it. The first 40 minutes are so chock full of story and pace and action. It does sort of fall off a cliff after the <laughs> opera. But. Oh. There's so much in that in that first sort of forty minutes. It's it it whizzes by and it's almost too much, almost too much. But the song is is brilliant. I think it's really really solid, and I think it deserves a lot more love yeah. and attention yeah. than than it Not gets. Not any love from me. It's the last upbeat one as well, isn't it? <laughs> well, it's a no from me. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I'm sort of probably some, somewhere between the two of you because I I think that yeah, this this. The singing, yeah, the vocal, it, it isn't it isn't great and it's jarring and it's a bit embarrassing at times in some ways. It's important part of the song, isn't it? The the, yeah. <laughs> Even though, you know, they should Alicia Keys is, you know, a really good singer yeah. and everything, and she could probably do a good Bond song in her own right. And mm. and you know, Jack White, who's obviously more responsible for this. Yeah, I think uh, you know, John John Kell pointed out that he's very much about limited production, you know, because there's only him and his ex-wife is it not sister is that right i think the then they revealed that they weren't they were meant to be sisters but they revealed that they weren't and they were an item or is it i i can't i can't i'm i'm sure my flatmate told me anyway yeah but i I do think so in terms of the i'll come on a bit more about the film as well but there's there's no doubt that the first the start of the film is pretty you know all action absolutely straight in there well a lot of the film is like is like that but that you know does he he opens the boot and then says time to get out or something like that and he goes (laughs) i think that's pretty 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 good that's that's a lot of what i want and and i know that daniel Kleiman inexplicably well i think it was the mark forster who didn't want him back 
Mm. Well, or had his own people. In his own. I, yeah. I do quite like the opening credits, to be honest. And I, I do. I, 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 do. I, um, yeah. I like some of how the music. It's just when it, it the more the more the song goes on, the more the vocals become annoying and and yeah, not what you want. I'm sure that there's a bit of a version of the theme song used in that boat chase. Oh my word! I'm right. sure within the score you can you can hear some of it. Well, um, nobody loves you. <laughs> no, no, I forgot that we were talking about that. But no, <laughs> Quantum of Solace is one. Truth be told, I struggle to watch the most just because of I, I do find it quite hard to watch. There are more and more things I, I like about it, but I still I still do struggle. And I feel like I wish that I, I mean I really wish Martin Campbell would have come back. But even like halfway through when they were struggling with the writers' strike and everything, if if you could have said Martin, come in and you know a bit like. You know, I don't know other films where a director's had to take over halfway yeah, through yeah. or something, something Ron like Howard. that. Yeah, yeah, On, exactly uh, like that. Yeah, solo. solo. Yeah. I don't know. Martin but, Campbell would have been able to make more of what what had been done, and and I don't know. That those are my general thoughts. If you don't like another way to die, and we skirted across that, there is the other <laughs> option, bringing it full circle back to Shirley Bassey. No good about goodbye. Good yeah, which isn't her attempt at a theme for this film even though david arnold worked on no good about no good about goodbye with her you play it over the opening credits and it fits beautifully i'm sure as i'm sure as tom mason or sam rogers don't know maybe not they've not got up to it yet maybe i don't know i don't know i haven't seen it on their on their yeah um, yeah that's a perfect thing for them but you're right was it so David Arnold brought this and they were like, nah, sorry. <laughs> it's that weird thing of it, in in the rumour mill, Shirley brought this brought out this song at the time. Yeah, yeah. Produced by David Arnold. And it sounds like a Bond theme. Mm. And the lyrics fit to the narrative of oh, wow. the end of Casino Royale, you know, moving on, no good about goodbye. I can't remember the lyrics wow. now. But it's that thing of it fits. It's worth hunting out and having a listen to and imagining if that was Quantum's theme tune. Maybe they didn't want to embarrass her, you know, like such a Bond legend to have had a, a song rejected. <laughs> well, some of the fans might have been in uproar, wouldn't they, if they found out. Mm-hmm. I don't know. They would now. I think maybe at the time, at that time it was all for changing it up. We weren't sort of, let's look back to the 60s. It was like, no, this is new Bond and we want to make our own way. So I can understand why. And obviously... You know, Alicia Keys particularly, it's a big name, isn't it? And, but Jack, it was Jack White who was given the gig, and then he got Alicia mm. Keys. So mm. These things, it's weird. I don't know how they happen, but glad they did. <laughs> <laughs> Although I don't know if it's quite telling that we've spoken more about another way. Well, to yeah, yeah. Nobody loves you. <laughs> uh, yeah. Bring it back to this to this song when nobody loves you. Yeah. So it was written by this 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 singer Curly and. Um, a guy called Richard Fortas, who I think is like a music producer, but he's also he was a mem- he's been a member of Guns N' Roses since two thousand and two. So even though that's twenty years, that's like sort of after they'd done all the massive albums. And <laughs> but uh, <laughs> these touring musicians, he actually did. This is a good fact about him. This guy Richard Fortas, he did a cover of the Bond theme for the game Guitar Hero World mm. Tour. <laughs> oh. And there's obviously a lot of Bond theme in this, isn't there? Which we've just said. So that sort of fits. Mm. Do you like it when Bond songs use a lot of the Bond theme or are you more, we need to hear a bit more originality in our Bond songs going forward? Because the last few have sounded quite similar in style, haven't they? The slow, 
sparse production, breathy lyrics. I suppose the Sam Smith one had a bit more orchestra, but there's ba- there's barely any orchestra for Billie Eilish's. I'd like a bombastic theme tune again. I think mm. we des- we deserve something big and something that's gonna yeah get your hairs tingling. I I'm I think I think Skyfall is a wonderful song. It does well with the title. You know what is Skyfall? Why? How can you mm. sing about that? What What does it mean? Yeah. And, you know mm. it, Adele did well with that. Sam Smith, I think, is just forgettable, and the least said about him and the track, the better. Uh, <laughs> there, we seem to be getting into a new style of Bond track, and it, you know, for the past few years, and it is that sort of melodic, simple. And I just want something. I don't know. I want Live and Let Die. I want You want Man with the Golden Gun? I want Man with the Golden Gun. <laughs> I think this is the way that they'll have to go next. So I think for the for the new film in general, there'll need to be a more sort of positive, upbeat kind of feel to the whole thing. You know, I think I think it was on um the quiz for James One Radio, they were talking about they think it needs you know, with a new actor it needs to be they need to look at like the living daylights and golden eyes almost templates for uh for new the new film and I couldn't agree with that more and I think something that they did brilliantly for Casino Royale was the song because you know it is quite an emotional film but I think it was a great idea to have um, a really upbeat song for that and I'd, I'd love just something like that again and I think with the film as well there are a number of sort of comments on social media of like oh how are they going to reboot it how is it going to restart and I don't think it needs that we are so culturally familiar with mm. Bond and certainly in Doctor No, that wasn't an origin story. That was, here's your mission. Yeah. Go and do it. Yeah. I kind of want that from the next Bond film. I just want them to open the door to M's office. Bond yeah. walks in, gets his mission, and that's it. We don't need reset. We don't need to go back. Mm-hmm. To how, here's how you got your double O ranking. It's just, you know, get on with it. Would you want the same actors, though? For any of the, you know, M, Moneypenny, Q, Bill Tanner. <laughs> oh, so, David shaking his head. Well, I would, I would like a little bit of continuity just because it's happened before. It can happen again. I don't mind. I'm not that precious about that. I love the current Moneypenny that we've got. I'd like her to be a bit more sassy. I'd like, I love the idea that they had in the uh, comic books that Money Penny is actually M's bodyguard as well as his secretary. You know, she's the last line of defense. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Yeah, you know, I'd, a little bit more of that would be interesting, um, and that would work with the current character. Yeah. Indeed, indeed. She's had a relationship with Bond though, so I don't know how it. They reset Dalliance. M. Dalliance. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, yeah. They, they've done resets before and kept other members of the. I think it could. I I think it could do it again. I think it would help for con for support sake for continuity, but yeah. if, it, yeah. if it needs to change, I'm as before, long as it gets right, I'm down with it. Before David comes in, I, I, on just on that point, I do. I just wonder where the modern audience is, whether they think they could. You know, people might not be able to understand that, and and also when you've had those characters like you know, No Time to Die, like that such a letdown of a scene in M's office, just sort of drinking to him rather than a funeral or anything <laughs> like that. But all those characters recognizing that he died, you know, it'd be quite weird for them to then come back, but you know, who knows? I'd, I, I'd love, I'd love those. I'd love all that cast to be still involved because I like the continuity. And I, I now like 
all of them. I think I, I really do like Ben Whishaw as as Q, and I, it, I like I like all the 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 kind of Scooby Gang as they've been. But I, I think the only one I really wanted to return <laughs> yeah, there we go. was Ray Fines. I thought he was a great M, and I thought he was going to become an amazing M. But I can get over the yeah. fact that he is indirectly responsible for the death of James Bond. You know, he kind of he had yeah, amazing yeah. speech, Inspector, about well, we can't, you know, I mean, we have to have boots on the ground and someone put her holding the trigger and this sort of thing. Um, yeah. And then went and had a hand in developing a nanobot virus that kills millions of people remotely. So I can't help but feel that he's not yeah. really a other hand that you want at the tiller. <laughs> to be fair, so. Um, I think I'm ready for uh, a new, a new. Um... <laughs> I think there'll be an inquiry, maybe. Uh, but <laughs> <laughs> but, um, but he, no, I think, he, um... you're absolutely right. He was so. He's like a, a hero, wasn't he? Expecting. Mm, yeah, yeah, and, and and you know, I think I, I really liked the way the character was developing. No time to die came along and kind of mucked all that up. Really, I I I did not like the scenes between Bond and M. <laughs> I don't like to see Bond you know, being subordinate in that kind of fashion with M in his office. If I was M, I'd just had him thrown out, to be fair. I was asked, you know, just security, just get this guy out of here. You know, just come on. Yeah. I just, yep. all this thing about the size of the desk and stuff, it, just didn't, <laughs> it yeah. just didn't play at all. And then literally in the next scene, they're sat next to the Thames chatting like their old friends. It didn't flow very well mm, at all. Yeah. And then you later find that they shot that scene out of sync because of Daniel Craig's injury. It kind of makes more sense then, but it doesn't make sense within the movie. So I just felt like they could have had an amazing end mm. there who could have continued. But I think the Daniel Craig universe now has to be a separate universe, you know, because of what's happened. So, you know, clearly now we're going to have to start with a, a, a clean slate. But... Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply, if rated PG. There is that scene in the film where they're in the hallway and you've got the portraits of all the previous yeah. M's and it's like, okay, I, <laughs> I think I, I, I liked that. And, but I think that was just a bit more, just a bit more of a token kind of gesture, a bit of a nod rather than, Oh, hang on. Yeah. This was actually the same. I don't think, I, I think it was. Yeah. Just a well, nod. It, yeah. It, it makes it a bit difficult in this whole continuity Mm. timeline where are we what's it it's just muddying the waters almost a step too far i think i think that the whole marvel cinematic universe has a lot to answer for or maybe not a lot to answer for but certainly the producers reacting to the mcu yeah thinking 
we need to create this universe. We've got one already. And peppering it with these ideas of portraits and references, it, it doesn't need it. They're not as prolific, though, are they? As, you know, Marvel's got about three or four films out a year. and you know, <laughs> No one remembers <laughs> what happened. No one will remember. People have grown up, you know. <laughs> yeah. If you were like, you could have been te- going from 10 to 16, or, couldn't you? How dare they use 10? Yeah. Yeah. In, in the 60s, in the first 10 years, Yeah. how many films did you have? Ugh. Yeah. Was it From 62 mm. to 72, or, you know, and then Seven, 73. And then in the yeah. last yeah. 10 years, we've had three. I think I think obviously one every year is unrealistic, but one every two or three years. It worked all the way up. Even going back to Quantum, you know, two years after Casino Royale, and then Spectre three years after Skyfall. You know, you'd take that yeah. these days. Mm. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> I just you get so excited thinking of the in between films, don't you? Yeah. Uh, famously, the ninety one, ninety three Connerys, but sorry, Dalton. Yeah. Dalton, yeah. <laughs> But then, 2004, you've got everything or nothing. 2010, you've got Bloodstone. Yeah. <laughs> and then, it doesn't really work with the Spectre No Time to Die because it was meant to come out earlier, wasn't it? It, it doesn't really... Yeah, we're hamstrung we like, by <laughs> COVID and... Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, one can, no one can blame them for that. No, you can't blame it for like two years of the delay, can you? So, so just one film in between. Mm. But, Get the next hey, one out soon. Well, yeah. Don't leave us hanging. Really 007 is part of the Pod Dojo Network. David, it's a, it's a very open question, but what would you what would you do next? What, where would you go? Well, I think they need to do something kind of fairly quickly. A 60th anniversary is a good time to do it, I think. I did notice they've changed a lot of the kind of livery and logos now on some of their social media outlets, yeah. including YouTube with the you know, they've got the 60th anniversary logos and things up. I think, um, I know there's a lot of talk about maybe going back and doing a period piece. I, I don't want to see that. I want Bond to remain contemporary, relevant to modern audiences. I, I, I'm i not sure. I mean, that would maybe work as like a Netflix series or something, or, or Amazon, I suppose, series. But um, yeah. I, I just want a James Bond film, as, as was said earlier, where he's given a mission, he goes off and fulfills the mission, and there's as many of the elements of Bond included as possible. And um, just, you know, go out and find the best actor for the role. You know, that's what made Bond great, is that Bond was always contemporary. And Bond's always a reflection of what's going on in the world yeah. and the concerns of the world. And Michael G. Wilson always used to say that, that they they go out and they look at what the concerns are, you know, whether that's an energy crisis in the man with the golden gun or or whatever and that mm-hmm. helps them to pen the script you know i think they've done that in i mean perhaps they did that a little bit too on the nose with a kind of pandemic in <laughs> in no time to die but um they yeah, did. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Did. Um, <laughs> but i think um you know I, I just want them just to like like you were saying earlier let's have a living daylights let's have a golden eye Let's give the actor a really fantastic introduction and just set it up so that it can be rolled out perhaps hopefully every two or three years with a new mission, you know, new cast and new new villains to defeat. And less continuity because I don't think it really brings anything to the Bond films. You know, you can have, like we were talking about earlier, the portrait in Tracy's grave. You can have little Easter eggs for Bond fans in the films, which we will see and mm. enjoy. But to think that, you know, audiences, 
you know, the lay person remembers what happened six years ago in Spectre and what happened in Casino Royale. What's that? Getting on for 20 years ago. <laughs> it's like, oh, yes. Oh, I remember Spectre. <laughs> yes. You know, unless people are watching ITV2 every night, mm. you know, the lay person's not going to remember all these story beats. So, like <laughs> you were saying, unless we are guilty, unless you're going <laughs> to yeah. release three films a year like the MCU, people aren't really going to appreciate the continuity anyway. So, you may as well just release standalone movies. Dare I say, Mission Impossible is becoming a bit of a template. They've shot two movies back to back, and that might be the way forward for the Bond franchise. Yeah. Mm. I think if they did that, they would connect them, wouldn't they? If they, were, if they shot them back to back, I think they wouldn't be able to sure. resist. Mm. But it's like, well, it should have done that with Daniel Craig. If you knew he was going to wander and say, no, I don't want to come back, they should have they should have said, right, can you shoot the other one now, please? <laughs> <laughs> Although he was probably too injured, wasn't he? Mm. So, what, would you, what would you do, Chris? I think I'd echo a lot of what David said. I think they've got to strike while the iron is hot. They're coming off the back of a big hit film whether you liked it or hated it mm. it was a massive success it pulled the audiences back in after the yeah. covid crisis yeah we're now at the 60th anniversary and i think some big online event where oh you get a load of the old guard back together and reminisce and then you announce right and here he is here's the new bond yeah yeah, yeah. that is that is the pinnacle of the the 60th anniversary. And you say, okay, right. And then the next film's coming out late next year or the year after, but at least we've got, that's the news, that's the man. And then we can move forward. Who that person is, I don't think we know who it is. There are all, you'll get these lists of, oh, it could be Tom Hardy, or it could be Mm. whomever. And no, I don't, all of the names that are floated about are too A-list already. They're too high profile. The Bond franchise has a history of taking from television or taking from unknowns and elevating them to A-list. And I think they should do that again. We don't know who the next Bond is. We've seen him on TV maybe in the background or in a supporting role, and this is going to make him. That's that's how I would play it. Mm. And then for the next film, yeah, it should just be a... I don't want to say like a Roger mission movie because all his films were just man on a mission. There was no connection between any of them. Mm. Just, you know, turn up and get on with it. I don't mind if the pre-title sequence is connected to the film. I almost want it to be its own little thing. Mm. Yeah, Yeah. That's the introduction. Then let's get on with the main act. There's a reason they worked. Don't ruin the template too much. Play with it. Don't break it. I've just been revisiting the Indiana Jones films as well and, Obviously, they've taken a lot from Bond in terms of structure. They've almost got, well, they have got pre-title sequences without the titles, haven't they? Yeah. Obviously, the famous one in Raiders of Lost Ark and then in Shanghai in Temple of Doom. They'll have the odd character, of course, in the third one that reappears and there's references to the past, but anyone can go in blind and watch any of them out of order. It doesn't matter. That's that's what happened. Yeah. I, I understand why they did it because... Casino Royale was, you know, a new temple. I don't know whether they intended to do that after Casino Royale, apart, apart from until it was a big success and they thought, people like these, let's make some more of them. But so I, I don't really know whether that was the intention. And then, of course, the, the Marvel thing came in where you're trying to create the gang and they're all sort of... Because I've heard some people, you know, why, why did they send just Q and, 
you know, know me to, and I, why don't they just send the whole army? Like, what they do, it's just ridiculous yeah. in many ways. But I'd, yeah, I'm not, those are things I'm not as critical of, to be honest, and there's no time to die, you know, because it, yeah, and being cinematic 007, and making sense are two different things, aren't they? 007 needs to go off, obviously, in the dinghy and leave the old man to, to deal with, uh, you know, the villain and the entire base by himself. Because clearly, Madeline can yeah. pilot a, a dinghy yeah. by herself. <laughs> <laughs> well, she she couldn't be trusted with a gun either in the Inspector, could you? <laughs> I've not revisited it since I saw it. I saw it twice at the cinema, but I haven't revisited it yet. I'm sure I will do by the time this is out. <laughs> have you? Have you, what have you guys? Thought, have you seen it on home video yet? As, as the phrase doesn't go. <laughs> so I saw it at the cinema on the sort of day of release with a couple of friends and just came out of it with my head spinning and then didn't see it until Christmas when someone gave it as a gift on Blu-ray. And that's when I saw it with my husband again for the first time. And that was the first time he'd seen it. And right. having not spoken to him about it because I didn't want to spoil mm. good the surprise. Is he, is he a big Bond fan or... He's not, he's a, he's, he'll watch one if I want to watch one or if it's on, we'll, you know, or if the gang of friends is together, oh, let's put on Diamonds Are Forever mm. or Live and Let Die, <laughs> we'll watch it. But he wanted to see it so yeah. that we could talk about it. And it, the feeling was the same, that it's like, what has happened? <laughs> my, feeling, my feeling again was, watching it again, was the same. I cried when Felix died. Again, I cried in the cinema and like right. again at home when that happened. But then at the end, I just felt empty. And it's just like, what are you doing? It's it's a mess. And bringing in the elements from Honor Majesties, bringing in We Have All the Time in the World, we're supposed to be, you know, originally they were, right, this is a reset and this is something new. And Daniel Craig is his own timeline and all the re- you know, all of those sort of arguments. Yeah. And then to suddenly bring in the most emotional and most evocative of the Bond songs. The most one-off. Exactly. To then, and then use that to toy with our heartstrings and our emotions Mm. to try and crowbar in a bit of affection for this character. And she's just a plank of wood. And I just, (laughs) (laughs) I I can't, I can't talk about it. I can't talk about it. (laughs) Oh, no, no. It, 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 yeah, it frustrates me. No end. There was so many opportunity to, to do something different and they just had to, they had to pillage the archive to get yeah. and to get something. It just, no, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. No, no, perfectly entitled to, and I'm sure <laughs> this is most, most if not all of us on, on here would, would agree with you. I was just thinking, do you think, you know, say for the 60th anniversary, it might be a bit, certainly for me, it might be a bit nicer seeing like Daniel Craig with the other Bond actors and now being part of the history rather than we've had a bombardment of it all being about his era and being James Bond, the documentary and everything. It might be quite nice to see him with the, with the other, you know, with George, with Tim, with Pierce. Yeah. Just so that we can move on, if you know what I mean. Yeah. I think there was, I seem to remember back in the sort of glory days of television coverage of film premieres, they had a TV special about the premiere of uh, maybe it was World Is Not Enough. Mm. Dawn of the Day, I think. 
Yeah, yeah, to. yeah. For, yeah. For, they, they, had, they had George and Roger and yeah, Tim, yeah, Tim, I think as well, and Tim yeah. all together there, and it was the royal premiere, so the Queen was there as yeah. well. And it's just this idea of all the bonds with the Queen in a photo, and it like, oh, that would have been yeah. a fabulous sort of photo. Mm. There. But I think they just don't want to distract from for this one. It was great that they had everyone there, and they had you know. Was it um, William and Kate were there, weren't they, mm. of course? And it was great to see everybody out in public, of course. We've been you know, yeah. locked in our homes for so long. That was brilliant. Yeah, it was a big event. But I, don't, I don't think they would have wanted, like, George, Tim and Pierce there because it would distract. This is meant to be like the Daniel Craig story, this ending. Yeah. it's, it's fo- Particularly this film is focused on him, his final bond. I doubt – I'm not yeah. saying he would have come, but – Yeah, so so that's what I mean. I, I think – I don't think yeah. they would do it for that, but they're now 60th anniversary maybe, and like Chris says, you know, for announcing the new Bond, if they were all together, it would be nice. That would be nice. Oh, and, yeah. And seeing, you know, Daniel's part of that, and then the announcement, that, that would yeah. be that would be pretty – Good idea. It almost sounds like you're turning into one of the – the sort of the Doctor Who announcement, who's the next Doctor? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. They transform, don't they? Great, you know, transforming. (laughs) (laughs) Dave, have you seen it at home since you saw it at the cinema? Well, Tom, I I am the control, I believe, because I have only seen this film once. I'm quite pleased, actually. Oh, you can't say that. that I didn't kind of... (laughs) record my immediate feelings after walking out the cinema like you guys did because you probably would have to bleep a lot of it out and it wouldn't be fit for the wider audience um i was i was not happy when i saw the film and um i i don't have a burning desire to watch it again soon i will watch it again clearly um i've got it on blu-ray but um i think my chris really touched a nerve there when he talked about we have all time in the world. Uh, it, I mean, that that song was played at my father's funeral. It was played on local radio oh. for my wife's anniversary. Oh, wow. Uh, my, myself and my wife's anniversary. So that song is part of the tapestry of my life. And mm. I, I don't want mm. to be watching Majesties and thinking of bloody Madeline and Matilde driving away in an Aston Martin at the end of No Time <laughs> to Die. Okay? I do not... One even one percent of my brain to be thinking of anything else apart from Majesties <laughs> when I'm watching Majesties, and that's the problem with retconning. Yeah, as the Star Wars franchise mm. also. Yeah, yeah, is that it? It takes something away from what has gone before. You know, you're mining that that wonderful wealth of talent that you were talking yep. about earlier tonight, all of those wonderful people that contributed to Majesties and made that film what it was, you're kind of you're, you're mining that because you clearly can't come up with anything new yourself that is as good as or better. And I I do wonder why they didn't get Billy Irish to to record maybe a second track or something because if she'd done like a second track for the end and that was kept a secret or yeah. something, she's got billions of fans i mean that would have that would have gone viral that would have been ridiculous like they could have sold so many you know um uh, Mm. of of that track online and on vinyl and whatever you know it would have been a fantastic easter egg you know um but no they had to use something that had gone before and i think that's probably what made me quite angry when i left 
the cinema. It was that track um, and the choices that the producers had made within that film. So, um, yeah, I'm I'm looking forward to something different. I'm not a, a, a hater of Daniel Craig. I, I love Casino Royale. It's in my top five. Like I said, I love Quantum as well. I've not been massively happy with what came after that. Um, I'm not a fan of Skyfall um, or Spectre or... Or no time to die. Clearly, mm. <laughs> um, could, could could I just uh, David? Could I Absolutely. could I briefly ask? So you're not a fan of of Skyfall in particular because that's a popular one, and it's probably the one <clears throat> that and Casino Royale are definitely the ones I think are the best of Craig's era, and I find Skyfall the one that's the easiest to watch personally. It was seen as a bit of a goldfinger for his era because it was like almost a one-off, you know, not connected to the others, which they then changed and everything, but. What what was it that you you kind of struggled with or didn't like? Well, I, I struggle with the length of Skyfall. I think it, it goes on a bit too long. I think it probably should have been wrapped up in in London. I find it a bit bloated as a movie. It's it's the kind of egotistical filmmaking that's taken over. I'm afraid in the Eon franchise um, for the last few decades, where we mustn't have a gun barrel because that's going to spoil the first shot of the movie with with James Bond moving from the darkness into the light. This sort of mm. rubbish. Yeah, yeah, that's rubbish oh, that you get um that immediately we starts me off in a bad mood i'm in a bad mood already you know the film's only just started but i think the treatment of women especially in that movie <laughs> i personally can't stand you know, yeah, yeah this is meant to yeah. be a modern contemporary version you've got severine who we know is you know basically a, a sex slave a you know a um whatever however you want to refer to her you know she's being taken advantage of dan good old daniel just uh nips into the shower with her doesn't he you know it's um you know and then she just gets shot in the face you know good good one there and just makes yeah. so many poor decisions throughout the film <laughs> i mean I, it's yeah. clearly a good idea just to go to a remote place in scotland with no backup no weapons um and just wait for you know, wait for the villain to turn up with an army of heavily armed yeah. <laughs> mercenaries. Clearly, that's 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 a good plan. And I just find that you know, M Bond um, <laughs> just make terrible decisions throughout. Money Penny, obviously field operative, shoots Bond by mistake and then gets shoved behind a desk. That's clearly empowering yeah. women in the Bond films. If you if you want to have my longer thoughts on Skyfall, you know, I'm happy to. We'll, we'll chat about it. I uh, keep going, keep going, keep going. <laughs> <laughs> no, I I understand why people like Skyfall, but Chris will be allowed to return. But for me, it's it's style over substance. I, I, there's things that I like about it, as with every Bond movie, there are things that I like about it. But there's many things that I do not like about it. And I think Skyfall was riding the wave of Britishness, for want of a better term, that came after the Olympics. I think that yeah. it, it got a big pump, you know, shove from that, basically, and did very well in the box office. And I'm not sure that's a reflection on perhaps how good the movie is overall on many rewatches. Um, every time, I, every time I watch it, I think this is the time I really gonna like Skyfall. I sit there and I think, oh, I'm really enjoying this. This is really good. And then it, it, it and then, it, and then I find myself not enjoying it. Okay, and I think it is once you get to kind of Silver's Island and you know the the, the treatment of of Severine and Bond jumping on a lizard's head and all this sort of thing, 
you know, I, after that moment, um, it, I, I start to <laughs> to kind of uh, kind of wane a little bit. So, but uh, hey, you know, we've all got our favourites. Mm. I know there's a lot. There's the fans of Dying of a Day out there. Diamonds are forever. You know, it's uh, it's not for me. But if you love Skyfall, then more power to you. It's certainly well directed. The action is good and, <laughs> yeah. and so on. Right to reply. Yeah. <laughs> Chris, are you a fan? Of Skyfall? Yes. Yes, I am. I certainly think it's... Uh, oh, <laughs> I certainly think it's Craig's strongest film. I think it's possibly better than Casino Royale. Mm-hmm. Just because he's more comfortable in the role... It's more of a, as you said earlier, a, a, it's his Goldfinger. It's his him on a mission film. Yes, it has plot problems. Narratively, it goes off in one direction and then it goes off in another. You know, as soon as we go to Scotland, we end up in a Straw Dogs Home Alone mashup. But taken on its own, yeah. that section of the film, it does work. It's solid and you're entertained by it. Yeah, and you know, I love the favorite bit of the film. As a petrol head, it broke my heart when I saw it in the cinema. The Aston Martin getting shot to pieces, but the look that Daniel Craig gives when it blows up, and he's like, "Right, I was going to kill you guys anyway. You destroyed my car. <laughs> now I'm going to do it painfully." <laughs> it's like there was there's menace in that face, and he's a. It was brilliant. That was his. I think that was his high water mark, mm. and. In, mm. But then even it manages to embrace the comedy very well, the pre-title sequence. And there's the crane on the train with Bond climbing over and playing mm. on the radio. Right. What's going on? And Money Penny's, um, it's a little difficult to explain. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. How do you explain what's going on? It's, it is brilliant. Yeah. You know, <clears throat> it, cover, it covers off so many of the Bond points that you want and pushes things a little bit further in directions you didn't know you wanted. Or didn't want. Again, playing with the whole franchise one timeline. <laughs> you know, he goes to his lockup and he gets the Aston Martin, and it's the Aston Martin from Goldfinger, not the Aston Martin that he won in a yeah. game of from. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it, yeah, there's, there are difficult moments like that, but I'm having fun watching it. I'm willing to pass mm. over that. That's fair. It's, it's just I, I know we weren't talking about that, but I do, I do find I do I do find it interesting because you know I thought it's a film that was massively popular with the general public, and I thought yeah. it was you know massively popular with Bond fans. It's just as a f- there's a few Bond fans I've I've come across you know who've who've kind of said yeah I'm not actually a massive fan of Skyfall, and I was just I was quite sort of surprised by it. And uh, well, if I it's, it's if quite I explain interesting, but it's still a very very popular film amongst. If I explain my position a little bit further, Math, just, you know, because Chris quite rightly said that, you know, it could be seen as Craig's Goldfinger, but imagine Sean Connery and Goldfinger being mm. portrayed as being a bit old and past it and then getting pissed off and leaving the service and going and living on a shacking up on a beach somewhere, you know, drinking whatever he's drinking and doing these weird things with scorpions in bars. Or maybe Rod's doing that in Spy Love Me, you know, thinking, oh, I've had enough of this. <laughs> I'm out of here. <laughs> and he can't shoot. Oh, don't tease me. You know, <laughs> oh, no. crap. You know, and then he's, yeah. he's, he's got to have all these tests to come back to the. I mean, I think 
what angers me about Skyfall more than anything is the fact that it, if, they, if we're going to look at continuity, that kind of mucked up the Craig era because after Quantum, we needed that Craig mission that we've been talking about. He deserved it. You know, he deserved yeah. a Bond yeah. movie where he was just given a mission by M. He went out into the field. He did. He was on a Manchester Secret Service, and we get not a formulaic Bond film necessarily, but just seeing James Bond doing what he does, you know? And I think mm. in, you know, him kind of getting shot and, you know, leaving, you know, leaving the service and this and that. And then, like we said, him coming back and being said, oh, you're old and you're past it in your third film. And, you know, you've got to go through all this retraining and this and that. It was a shame really, because I think it just kind of derailed the Craig era a little bit. And then they tried to then course correct with Spectre, which didn't, work very well and then obviously we had no time to die at the end so I, it kind of fills me with a bit of disappointment really that uh craig didn't get just you know a, a, a standard mission uh like with goldfinger or with the spy you love me or with the world is not enough you know you think about the third movies of some of the other actors mm, that's quite fair I, I think amongst the general public the most popular craig film will be skyfall I think it, Bond fans will always say Casino Royale, but I th- I think certainly the average the average mm-hmm. Bond casual viewer would say Skyfall, but and that's weird because it is a film that is not that formulaic in many ways. So then you, then you're like, well, good good that they did that and everything. But the Bond songs just to go back to that. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, no, we're here for this podcast. No, the fantastic. Um, well, no, no, I, you introduced it, Dave, and I. Yet again, I we invite people on here, not with the intention, but <laughs> you know, it's like a secret club at the moment. These are, <laughs> you know, honest thoughts. You're not allowed to say them online necessarily. But no, we do we do try and be positive, and I, I think we need to re, we'll revisit no time today again. You're never going to change the big plot points and the on a mansion is. I don't I don't personally I can't get over things like that, but there's plenty to enjoy in the film. And yeah, we've got we've got a nice 60th anniversary and hopefully a new Bond to look forward to fairly soon. So yeah, let's uh, yeah let's go back to being positive now. <laughs> let's listen to All Time High. I'll, <laughs> yeah. I'll, get us, I'll get us cheered up. Yeah, which which version that's on? <laughs> yeah, it's got to be the Kelly the Renner dance version, I think. <laughs> well, I I had no intention. Or the Mark Wahlberg. I had no intention to oh. do the things we've done. It's been great fun, gents. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, brilliant. All I wanted was a sweet distraction for an hour or two. Had no intention to do the thing. Still better than Katy Perry. Funny how it always goes with love when you don't look, you find. But then we're two of a kind. We move as one. We're in all time. High. You suck. Get off the stage. Oh, come on. Give him a chance. Doing so much more. You're an asshole. They're rolling. Where they come?
If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full, important safety information, visit Juvederm.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.